We're coming off a banner year for sales of business aircraft, but for how long might the good times last? From the National Business Aviation Association, this is Flight Plan. I'm Rob Finfrock with your trusted source for business aviation news. The COVID-19 environment has led to several interesting developments for business aviation, particularly last year as we saw sharp increases in business aircraft sales and utilization, not only compared with 2020, but in many cases even over pre-pandemic levels. But what should we expect for this year? To answer that question, I'm pleased to welcome four respected analysts in our industry. Richard Abalafia is Managing Director for Aerodynamic Advisory, and Roly Vincent is Creator and Director of JetNet IQ. Don Spieth is Vice President of Sales and Analytics at General Aviation Services, while Brian Foley is the founder of Brian Foley Associates. And Brian, let's begin with you. How would you describe the year we just saw for business aircraft sales? It was a fabulous year in both pre-owned and new aircraft sales. Notionally from the OEMs, we saw lots of good quarterly reports where they were reporting book-to-bill ratios of two to one, which means for every airplane they delivered, they brought in two more orders. And that doesn't seem to be slowing down. So while it's a little early, there's no reason to think that they're still not charging ahead. And the pre-owned side was just another story in and of itself. All of the data isn't in yet. You know, it takes months for all the registrations to come through from around the world. But thus far, we're punching the the 3,000 level as far as the number of pre-owned transactions, or we will soon, which is about a, a, a third higher than last year, which was the next highest record. So it's going to be one for the books for sure. And, and that one will be a little tough act to follow, but there's still strength going forward in that market. Don, is that what you're seeing as well? Yeah, you know, I would say the first three weeks of this year have been strong. May not have been as crazy as uh, November and December of 2021, but that's probably a good thing. We're continuing on the trend of of last year, of 2021, where heavy demand combined with a low supply of inventory kind of creates the next one up cost more effect. And and that's, that's a good, healthy thing because the industry is trending up. And that's looking at the pre-owned aircraft perspective. On the new equipment side, we've heard good things from the manufacturers. As stated from Brian, you know, the book-to-bill ratio looks good. We see that most of the new manufacturers and their distributors have made their 2022 numbers, and they're building backlogs to the tune of 18 to 24 months of an expected delivery window. And then, you know, overall, the reset that was created by COVID has allowed the manufacturers to regain some of the lost momentum that they saw from the 20 teen years. So we're starting to see where the buyer side is more compelled to take action with a better sense of urgency than they have in the past. And I think that's a much needed tailwind for the industry. So Richard, it seems safe to say that last year established a pretty solid foundation for business aircraft sales as we move into 2022. Yeah, there's no question at all that it's a it's a good foundation. We just don't know what comes next. We're raising the big stickiness question to what extent all the newcomers stick around and uh, continue to be part of the business jet market even when the pandemic subsides and something resembling normal scheduled air service returns to even the smallest markets. It certainly looks great right now. We just don't know the stickiness question. We also don't know whether the manufacturers can or will translate these good times into either higher pricing or higher production rates or a combination thereof. 
Roly, we've heard a lot recently about issues with parts availability, with some headlines calling it a supply chain crisis. How might that affect this market if that situation continues well into 2022? I don't know if I'd use the word crisis, but certainly challenges throughout the supply chain. And we talk about the supply chain, we're not talking about people who send stuff to the OEMs entirely. We're also talking about the, the OEM process itself as part of that supply chain. So all of parts and pieces and, and labor and everything has to come together. And I think that's been a challenge across every OEM and every OEM supply chain, including their own completions process. So quality escapes, whole teams of workers out for 10, 12 days at a time through COVID, quarantining and other sort of isolation policies that are required. I mean, there's a lot of disruptions. I think if and when the December numbers finally roll in for the way the year ended, I think we're going to see maybe it was a little bit less volume out the doors than we were all looking for. I think there was some very late challenges getting stuff delivered. So supply chain, yeah, maybe it is a crisis, but I think more of a challenge. And frankly, a lot of these OEs are are using the same suppliers, even the same as Boeing and, and Airbus use, as you know. So it's a challenge. I think labor rates and labor costs and other factor costs are, are, are a consideration as we go forward. I mean, our supply chains may recover, but looking forward, are we going to start seeing you know inflation in pricing? I think we're seeing that already, new and pre-owned, and inflation in labor rates and inflation in pilot salaries and other things. So I think the jury is out on whether we can sustain our really strong momentum that, that was evident in the last 18 months. Yeah, Roly raised some good points there. You look at the automotive industry worldwide, and they produce 80 million, 90 million cars a year. You know, if someone's going to have a crisis, it would be someone like that. I, I don't think there's a lot of room for crybabies in an industry that makes 700 a year. So that's what, 100 or so for each manufacturer. I mean, there, there's a way to solve any particular challenge. But, you know, the way we're going there is labor might be a bigger deal after they tighten up pricing and make higher margins and decide to amp up production, then it could be tricky finding the right people because it is a craftsman business, especially with, you know, paint and interior and that sort of thing. And you just can't run a, a, you know, an ad online somewhere. So for me, that could be a bigger challenge. Richard, building off the points made by Brian and Rolly, as a relatively small industry, we aren't talking about a need to maintain tens of thousands of aircraft deliveries. But that also means we have a proportionally smaller pool of suppliers to draw from. It doesn't take very much to disrupt that chain before it affects volume. Yeah, it certainly does. Your point about volume is well taken, but I also wonder whether there isn't an issue of mindset here, because... Frankly, my favorite thing to say about the word shortage, not a word I'm a believer in since I kind of like market economies, but you know, there's a shortage of everything if you don't pay enough for it. And I think we've gotten into a mindset, especially in commercial aviation, but also in business jets, that you can't raise prices. And all of a sudden, we're in an economy that does have inflation. People are paying more for stuff. There needs to be a mindset change. And that includes how and when you pay suppliers. It might not be a question of, well, come on, can you give us 1% better this year? Can you, can you? But rather, wow, well, we're getting more money and you should too, and we're incentivizing you to facilitize it, to hire the right people, to buy the right machine tools and whatever else to meet demand. It requires a mindset change. More of our conversation in just a moment. But first, a message from NBAA. NBAA Flight Plan listeners, the latest digital edition of your magazine is ready. Just visit nbaa.org slash insider and all the latest intel will be in your hands. 
We're back now with Richard Abalafia, Rolly Vincent, Brian Foley, and Don Spieth, and our discussion about the outlook for business aircraft sales in 2022. Don, let's turn now to the pre-owned market. How has it responded to the surge in demand? I'd say that it's a definite tailwind for the pre-owned market. In a healthy market, there's a robust ecosystem where new aircraft are utilized and then transitioned to the pre-owned market in in an almost anticipated span of time. And one of the ways we measure that span of time is what we call average hold time. To calculate that, we take all the times that the aircraft owners utilize their aircraft before selling it, and we calculate that average hold time. Prior to COVID, most of the owners had an average hold time of just over five years. So it would fluctuate a little above and a little below, but always uh, go back to the mean. And during COVID, we saw that average extend to just over six years. And actually, I would say in about 2021, right around the third quarter mark, we started to see the peak or the effect from what happened previously in 2020. Those impacts were caused by factors like the flight department adjusting to what they might be. And right as we started to see the end of last year, the new aircraft deliveries start the production resuming and things kind of going back to a little bit of normal with the manufacturers, we started to see that that whole time started to revert back to the mean. So the whole time averaged around maybe five, 5.25 years whole time before selling and came off of that peak of six. And that started with heavy jet manufacturers. And then I would say more towards the end of the year, the mid light turboprop groups started to see that peak and and then also settled down. I think we're seeing uh, and have been for a while now seeing what would be, let's say, a traditional broker-dealer approaching the OEM with a client who had been frustrated in the pre-owned market and saying, well, wait a minute, if you have to pay this much for a three-year-old airplane, why not just go to the front of the line and and try to get an OEM brand-new airplane? And I think that's been an interesting development where the broker-dealers, some of them, especially at the top end of that pyramid, have been uh, facilitating new airplane sales. It's also good for their businesses, of course. So that's that's a big change. I think we're seeing a lot of off-market activity. So the various uh, databases that track aircraft uh, availability, I mean, today they'd say there's you know not many aircraft out there. But to the points made earlier, especially by Richard, if the prices increase, and, and this is what's going on, uh, off-market airplanes are being sourced and identified people who were sort of marginally owning the airplane and now say, yeah, I'll take that price. So there's a total uh, overlap of these two markets. I think one thing, though, uh, you know, you hear a lot of people saying, oh, well, is this a sustainable demand? Well, as prices go up in our industry, both for aircraft and for the operation of aircraft, really, if you think about it, unless wealth is going up at the same rate, we're going to be making this industry less uh, available or at least achievable for for customers. So is there stickiness to this? Mm. If you're a fractional buyer, I'd say probably. If you're a charter flyer, mm, maybe not. That's very interesting, Rolly. So Brian, what are your thoughts about the balance between new and pre-owned aircraft sales and demand? I'd switch the question around for how is the current new aircraft market influencing the sales of pre-owned to how is the sales of pre-owned influencing the, 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 the new side. And basically, you know, on the pre-owned side, typically, historically, 10 to 12% of the fleet has been for sale at any given time. 
And that's whittled down to, you know, recently, which is, you know, close to three, four percent somewhere in there. So if there's nothing on the pre-owned market to buy that suits your needs, um, you'll have to look at another source. And, and that would be the, the, the new people. And sure enough, in these quarterly reports, we hear notional evidence that some manufacturers for their new business jet sales are seeing 25 to 30 percent of their sales going to first time buyers versus what had typically been maybe 10 percent or something like that. So for me, pre-owned is having a bigger effect on new sales rather than vice versa. Richard, do you agree? I think I want to believe that, right? I mean, we'd like to live in a world where, you know, people couldn't get used jets. So all of a sudden they were going new. And that certainly sounds commonsensical, but I don't think we know yet. Of course, a lot of the demand has been charter, you know, and 135 folks aren't famous for taking new jets. Maybe the 91K fractionals are, and maybe there's some bleed over there. But I guess it, it all falls under the heading of we'll just have to wait and see. And if it is starting to show up, and, and I'm sure there's a very good chance it is, it all falls under the heading of is this sustainable? Is it just a one-off or does this keep going because the supply remains tight, demand remains high, and then, well, people start selling new jets. That would be wonderful, but we don't know how sustainable it'll be. And that leads right to the biggest question we all have right now, Richard. How do you see this market evolving over the next 12 months? Are the trends we saw last year sustainable or could we start to see some drop-off? As the joke goes, we all have a degree in epidemiology courtesy of Twitter right now. We're trying to figure that out first and foremost, but assuming it looks the way it looks, that we're going to have at least another year of health concerns and passenger aversion to crowded airport terminals and, 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 and uh, well, you know, preference for something private, then I think we've got a great year ahead. We really do. Obviously, there's the macroeconomics. So far, things look okay. But if you have another year like we did last year in terms of really good equities prices and corporate profits and all the other key drivers, high oil prices too, that's good for high-end business jet sales. And we have health concerns. That's a recipe for an incredible year for business aviation. So I would say that the base assumption is continued strong economic activity and continued, sadly, health concerns for another year. Yeah, we got a fantastic year ahead. One thing, I wonder if there isn't a bit of a mismatch here because so much of the new product development activity that's taken place over the last decade has reflected the strength at the top half of the market. Everyone wants to build a big cabin jet. You've got three $78 million models now on offer. And yet, the part of the market that's really kind of inspiring is the small medium cabin. It looks like that might continue for a bit. We might finally see a repair of that schism, but it's been a really long time since anyone's developed a new small medium jet of any note. I wonder whether that is going to change and whether manufacturers start identifying this as a good opportunity. And as a result, you get a virtuous cycle where new product announcements help spur additional demand and new additional demand, stronger demand helps spur new product development. That would be a wonderful virtuous cycle to see take hold. Yeah, I think it's a good time for the manufacturers and having a new product now will help drive market demand. You know, the market gets a little excited when there's something new to buy. So it's good for any manufacturer to have a product in, in any cabin category right now. So, Brian, how do you see the market for new and pre-owned aircraft playing out for 2022? We're starting to see a shift already. You know, normally 
pre-owned and new sales kind of are joined at the hip and when one moves up, the other does. And when one does not do well, the other doesn't either. For some reason, this cycle, pre-owned got a head start on new. And the pre-owned market has been on fire for the last two or three years where the new manufacturers have just been steady, <laughs> you know, not, nothing new for the last decade or more. But I think finally what helped drive the pre-owned market is starting to overflow into the new market. And we're seeing some good news coming out of there. So I think this will really be the year of the new aircraft OEM as opposed to the pre-owned, which just set a record, so which wasn't too shabby. As far as stickiness, it depends on what segment you're looking at. You know, it's a lot easier and cheaper to get a charter flight from A to B or a fractional share. So I suspect the stickiness of those industries will be a little more than, let's say, the pre-owned aircraft that have been bought. You know, someone who bought a $200,000 1968 Hansa Hansa jet and has their first $2 million D check might get kind of pouty lipped and think twice whether they want to stay in this market or chartering makes sense. So the stickiness of ownership probably won't be as strong as the lower barriers of entry like charter. But overall, I think the the market as a whole, all these different um, segments combined are in a new paradigm now. We captured these COVID concerned people who will continue to use it either because they want to or because they tried it the first time out of necessity and and they see how to do it now, they get it and, and they'll stick around a while. So the whole industry has just been buoyed by this event and there's no reason to think that won't continue into the future at some level, You know, not, not the highest levels like they are today, but they'll tamper down a little bit and it'll, it will be higher than it was back in the 2019 timeframe before all of this. What do you think, Don? I would look at it and say we're experiencing in 2021 record-breaking quarters after quarter after quarter. And as uh, everyone's mentioned, we're, we're still waiting for the final tally of the fourth quarter to come in, but it looks to be as strong, if not stronger, in that area, I would say. And looking at the overall demand, the utilization, which I look at from the perspective of charter, fractional, and flight department use, Last year, it increased from 2019 numbers by 45%, 17%, and 5% respectively. So although it's a tough act to follow to see the exact uh, repeat of 2021, uh, we do think that values are going to stabilize and that there's probably some upside remaining. And that's for what I'd call the resale side of things. And when I look at the new aircraft market, you know, we see again, the manufacturers have gained some leverage. They're building backlog. I think it's going to be interesting to see how the industry embraces the new makes and models that are being introduced. I think it's good timing. Our industry only produced around a thousand new fixed wing aircraft a year at a discount for the 2010 decade. So there's a little bit of a limited future supply being built at quite a bit of a discount. The supply chain challenges that we mentioned that create a production cap, well, that might not be so terrible as long as the manufacturers can maintain producing at the rate they promised so far. And then I'd also add in that the European markets and other global regions haven't seen quite the growth in the same exact profile that we've seen in the U.S., but we look at that and we think it's likely to trend up in a similar manner. Roly, what do you expect we'll see in the market for business aircraft in 2022? 
Well, I really like the outlook for 22. I mean, we're in it already. We're already well into the year and the numbers are looking strong. I think this is going to be the best year for business aviation in a long time. What we're going to watch for is the recovery of the Part 91, U.S. Part 91, so private operations. That that segment is still lagging. It's only really recovered back to 2019 levels in terms of flight operations. That's right through the end of this year past. So that's the laggard. That's also the largest segment in the U.S. fleet. So we think that uh, this year is going to look much better for Part 91 flying. And when that comes along, we're going to see a release of, of pre-owned aircraft into that very, very empty market place, if you like, uh, for inventory. And that's going to bode well for uh, you know the Fortune 500, Fortune 1000 orders that are already starting to show up on the order books. Business aviation really enjoys a reputation that it hasn't for many, many years. We're seen as a positive force, uh, an industry that's actually uh, contributing. You know, look at where we were 12 years ago to where we are today as an industry. It's an inversion of what we saw years ago. We're in a very good position this year, and I'm, I'm really looking forward to the year. As a reminder, if you're in the market for a new or pre-owned business aircraft, be sure to check out the NBAA Transactions Guide that offers an introduction to the regulatory, tax, financial, and transactional issues that may arise during an aircraft acquisition. You can find it at nbaa.org transactions. And that's the latest from the National Business Aviation Association. Remember, you can subscribe to all Flight Plan episodes at Apple Podcasts in the App Store, wherever you find your favorite podcasts, including by asking your virtual assistant or connected device, or download them from nbaa.org. I'm Rob Finfrock. Thanks for listening, and join us next time for a new episode of Flight Plan. Flight Plan.